Hello and welcome into the Views from the Holgate podcast for another episode all about Middlesbrough FC. It's me, Don Brown, and on today's pod we're going to be looking back at the past week in the life of Borough. We'll be looking back on the last week of results as well as looking ahead to the crunch tie with Preston North End this weekend. The must-win game of the season that, even if won, may not be enough for Chris Wilder's Reds to make it into the playoffs. We'll be looking through the permutations of what happens and assess the likelihood of Borough getting into the post-season. But that's all to come because what a week it has been. A week that that has put Borough back in contention for the playoffs yet again. Because the 2-0 win over Cardiff last week in the midweek, it put an end to Borough's five-game run without a win in April. Apart from the very first game, very first game in April, that was followed up by an even better performance of a three-one win at Stoke, uh, over Stoke City, I should say, at the Riverside, which just it was just such a uh, needed to be done. Really, it drew the regular season at the Riverside to a to a close. It left all fans wanting more, wanting to see one one last game at the Riverside. Could we get that game? Can we be, come back for the playoffs? Uh, Tavernier's low 28th minute drive put us ahead with the Bluebirds rarely uh, rarely looking like they trouble, were going to trouble us the uh, that what happened there was really something that needed to be done it was what something that I, I said it said it on the last podcast if you listen if you tuned in thanks very much uh, if, if you've tuned in again this time thank you very much for that do get in touch on the social medias at views from the whole gate on uh, Facebook or at Holgate Views on Twitter. Get in touch with us. Get Make sure you're getting this podcast out there and retweet it. But let us know uh, what you thought of the last podcast and this one as well. As, it's very kind of you guys. But on the last podcast, I said that we need to be t- taking some more shots from outside the area because we're getting too predictable in just the, the slow build-up around the area. Why aren't we having a few more goals pot shots outside the area, you know, making teams think a bit more. If we just sit back and work the ball around, they can just sit back and, you know, we'll be passing the ball around them for the whole 90 minutes of the game. But we built the ball up nicely and Tav shot, uh, had Cardiff on the back on the back foot. They weren't closing him down. And it was a... I think Dylan Phillips might be a little bit uh, disappointed in the Cardiff net. He didn't get a hand to it, but... You know, it, 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 nobody was ready for him to have the shot from about 25, 20 yards out, right into the bottom corner. Got a hand to it, but couldn't keep it out. But, it, you know, it made, them, it made them think that, oh, maybe Borough aren't just going to make it work down the sides. And if we do that, it'll open up the chance of us to bring the ball out to Bowler if he's playing at left wing back or Isaiah Jones. It'll make them think, oh, they're not just going to pass it straight out wide. And then when that hole opens up, we can give it out wide and get the low crosses in that we want to do. We'll keep them guessing all the time, so it'll, it'll open up the gaps for the wing backs and strikers to make those runs in behinds. The uh, the second half of that game saw Riley, Riley McGree sorry get his second goal in two games for the Aussie. Continues great performances, um, two and two against Welsh sides. McGree's done really well since he's come back from his injury. Um, first few games were a little bit shaky. Um, he showed a few uh, few splashes in that game against West Brom, his first ever game for us. Great ball. I think it was mentioned on the... Uh, I was listening to the Borough Breakdown podcast, like I, like I do most weekends, so shout out to those guys. But the, yeah, the, uh, it was a great little through ball for Tav in the West Brom game. But apart from that, he's, he hadn't, hadn't done much and he got injured. But yeah, against, uh, he's, our, he's our best player against Swansea. Played really well against Cardiff. 
and he deserved, even though Crooks came back, he deserved to keep his place for the game against Stoke, which, uh, which obviously was the next game we'll get to, but without mentioning the fact that, uh, yeah, despite the uh, the fact he shaved his head in between those two matches, didn't seem to um, <laughs> didn't seem to lose any of his powers by uh, getting the buzz cut in between those two games. But you know, we move. But that the the the, the game with Cardiff was obviously a must win due to our poor performances earlier on in, in April, and then the fact that before we played Stoke on Saturday, Sheffield United pulled out a 3-1 win against QPR, which we thought, you know, if QPR could do us a favour here, we could jump up above Sheffield United and into the playoffs before before the last game of the season. But it wasn't to be. Sheffield United uh, pulled out the victory. So that meant Bury needed to go and do the same thing. And obviously, <laughs> just 21 minutes into the game, uh, a lovely through ball from Johnny Housen, who absolutely ran the game in the first half. Lovely slotted through ball. And Crooks scoring the goal on his return. The uh, the third deflected goal from the right-hand side, centre-mid of the three <laughs> in three games, if you want a very stupidly obscure stat. Because, obviously, McGree's goal against Swansea was deflected, as was his one against Cardiff. And then Crooks, who's lots into that right-hand side, scored the deflected one as well. Um, yeah, and then Housen's free kick was deflected in as well. Uh, I believe it's still gone down as a... Lewis Baker on goal. I'd like to see the trajectory on there. Maybe the dubious goals panel need to get involved there. But Housing was immense that game. Former uh, Gary Monkeloni there uh, and former Borough man Lewis Baker heading in for us. I believe that was his only goal. I, I, that might be his first goal at Riverside Stadium. Unless he no, he scored against Reading, didn't he? Did he score against Reading for us? I believe it might have been Reading. He scored against. It was a team in blue and white, so it might have been Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. I've got Sheffield United on the mind. It's either Reading or Chef Wednesday. He's got against us for us. Um, yes, obviously, Matt Crooks added a third for us in the second half. Uh, uh, corner at the back post, which obviously we've been trying a lot of without him in the team uh, while he's been injured with Bamba playing. But then uh, Fry's back in the team. He <laughs> Fry heads the ball down to Crooks and manages to poke the ball in past Phillips for the, for the second time and third time for. No, not Phillips, past. The pass Bursic in the Stoke net, sorry. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be a lovely 3 0 win. Then, unfortunately, the uh, Nick Powell slots in, slots in a, a, a consolation goal for Stoke to even out the scores between us and Sheffield United, so that means the uh, goal differences were equal for Borough and Sheffield United, so our clean sheet was chalked off. But the uh, end of the game, the players applauded the fans in the South Sand. Unfortunately, I had to make my exit just, just about. Five past five, I had to make. I had to go for my six pm shift, but everybody knew there was still a job to be done to catch Sheffield United or even Luton by the end of the game. We had to beat Preston on Saturday, but obviously then on on Monday night the um, the game the was made a lot easier our job to do because of the, of the Fulham seven nil win over Luton. We were all hoping maybe you know I, I was saying to people in the pub our our the pub I work at I was saying maybe our best hope what we have to do is hope that. Hope that Luton can beat Fulham in the last game of the season. Fulham need to beat Sheffield United, but obviously, well, you know, people saying you know, Fulham could still beat Luton, but then then we need, we need Reading to do as a fair in the last game of the season. So I don't know. Reading down 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 the depths of the the table. What what are Reading? Are they are they bring up the table now? Are they fourth bottom? Yeah, Reading are fourth bottom now. So they're six points away from Birmingham. Obviously, they had points deducted, but. 
they, they've not had a good season, Reading. So I don't think I highly doubt they'll be doing us any favours. But I, you know, you can keep your fingers crossed. All you can do is keep your fingers crossed. And on Saturday, you've got to hopefully the Fulham and Reading can pull one out of the bag for us. So here we go then, looking ahead to the weekend's game. Biggest weekend of the season, last game of the season, coming down to the wire, quite literally. Looking ahead to the game, so we've got Fulham and Reading. These are the guys, if you guys want to be saying any kind of prayers or lighting any candles, it's Fulham and Reading, the ways the guys we want to be supporting. So here are the permutations that the Borough fans want to be praying for. So if Reading win or draw with Luton, after Fulham have put seven past Luton on Monday and half their goal difference, and we beat Preston, we will go up if Reading win or draw with Luton. Because no matter with their goal difference and we win, we'll go ahead of Luton. And if Fulham beat Sheffield United and we win, we'll go up. Or if Fulham and Sheffield United draw and we overturn a two-goal difference swing or a one-goal scored swing, we'll go up. So, you know, before the Fulham game, it's, it was a lot more permutations of, oh, well, we have to get this many goals and this many points. Uh, we, we weren't going to overturn, really overturn Luton's goal scored and stuff like that. They have 62 goals scored. We had 58, whereas Jeff Knight only have one more goal scored than us and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, it seemed like a big task, but it's all if, buts and maybes. But it's easy to sit here and say this, but a lot of weird things have happened on the last game of the season. Do you remember a few years ago when Nottingham Forest fella had to lose 4-0 to fall out of the playoffs and they did? A lot of weirder things have happened. So, And Preston, although they've got a good managers and good players, they've not had the smoothest of times this year. There's some question marks over, over the um, the manager from some Preston fans, which is probably a bit uh, premature from them. That, you know, he's, he's, not had a, he's not had a summer transfer window to, to bring in some of his players. I'm sure he'll bring in some of his former guys from Plymouth. They'll probably bring in some youth and stuff to that um, Preston team, actually bring some bite in the midfield, some uh, pace up top. But, you know, there's not, um, there's no reason why we can't go out there to do something more. But it's, it's easy to say this, and I, th I think if buts and maybes again, but if we'd have just gone out there and got the three points, especially against Hull, you look at that Hull, Hull, Hull game at home, it was... The game was there for the taking, and we were so blunt going forward, and it's so easy to do this as well. But and if Joe Lumley had made the save, such an easy save down his left hand side, Hull wouldn't have scored for the rest of the game. He'd had at least one more point from that. He'd have been in touching distance with them, and then. But you've also then. You think if you could have just grabbed a goal towards the end, and not been so blunt going forward, you'd have been so close. Well, you've been in so much more commanding position. If you had three points now, you'd be the you'd be second fifth in the table. And you've had Luton and Sheffield United, the ones chasing you. But on as as they said on BBC T's, Dom Shaw said on BBC T's, he was talking to uh, people who have been in this position. And when you need to get three points, the mentality of the guys we need to get three points is is almost so much. Like the fight for it can be so much um, larger than than just saying oh guys okay we need to protect this point you almost saw it in that 
in, in our very special game against Brighton that was six years ago. Uh, was it six years ago? The other, uh, I think it was the day before I'm recording this one. Was uh, it was just terrifying to say. I feel very old, even though I'm only twenty four, but it just feels like when when Brighton got that equalising goal. It almost, I mean, we, we did very, very well to defend the rest of the game, but it was almost felt inevitable that they were going to go on and score and go, go on to get more. So if if we can just have that mentality of, guys, we need to go in here and get three points. If we do our bit and get three points, somebody else might slip up. Because like, Fulham may rest players against Sheffield United and then Reading may drop an absolute fatty against Luton, but there's always a chance that Reading come out fighting and Fulham want to get to 93 points. Or whatever, yeah, ninety three points. They want to get to one hundred and ten goals. They're not doing one hundred and six at the moment. So there's always that chance that we could, that we could do it. But 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 before we look at the other teams outside, you need to make sure you don't overestimate, and and you need to make sure you address Preston first. You need to look at who you're against because Preston have got some good players themselves, and in uh, Daniel Iverson. Despite uh, Blackburn's clinical display uh, in the game before last, in, in uh, Preston's game before last, they've got a goalkeeper who Borough have, have reportedly identified as a possible option for themselves for the future. The, uh, the Leicester Loney said to be, alongside Carl Darlow, a target for Wilder in the summer. And, I've, uh, and coming up uh, in a future podcast, we're going to be doing profiling some of the signings we think Borough could make. And a uh, little spoiler, I think Iverson is one. Is it one of the goalkeeping options for us that I think could be a very good option for Borough? Uh, he's, he's made made some cracking saves for Preston in the future. Uh, in, uh, sorry, not in the future, in the past. <laughs> but and well, they they sit fourteenth on sixty one points. They got a minus seven goal difference. I think without a decent keeper, they could very easily have fallen further down the table. Um, but yeah, so the two and in the report it was Iverson and Kyle Dowler who were the ones who were reportedly. Um, in with uh, in with a shout of being Borough's next number one. Um, slightly off topic here, but I'm going to just address that rumour because according to Football Daily, Carl Dowler has let in around seven goals more than he should have done according to the his how many he was expected to concede according to the expected goal stat. Um, and when you compare that to Newcastle starting keeper uh, Dubravka, uh, Mark Dubravka has. Got a, has saved 14 goals more than he was expected to. And that's obviously a 21 goal expected goal swing. And obviously, he doesn't say uh, this is obviously a better level than Ibbotson's ever played at. But I think that 21 goal swing tells you that Darlow's not good enough to play at the Premier League level. And you've got Darlow, who's in his thir- 31, Darlow, Ibbotson's 24. You've got that seven year swing. I think. If you are boring, you are wild, you probably want to bet on somebody for the future. You don't want to put all your eggs in a, a basket of somebody who's older and does, and has sh- shown and proved themselves that they aren't, aren't good enough to keep goal in the Premier League and keep goals out of the net in the Premier League. So you just want to make sure you're betting on the younger horse in that case. But I digress. Let's get back to Preston now. Because they've got Everson, a very good, uh, very good goalkeeper, but they've also got Ryan Law, who's a manager. Who earned back-to-back promotions with Berry a year before their expulsion from the from the football league, and then with Plymouth the year after, who uh, the year after the le- after after he left or the year he left the season he left just missed out on the playoffs, 
in League One and could, they could well have made it into the playoffs if he'd stayed because they missed out by about five points and they could have still made it on the in the end last game of the season but they're up against a tremendous MK Dons team and another spoiler there Scott Twine possibly could be somebody Borough could look for you know similar maybe similar to a Duncan Watmore type I don't know how he is for pressing numbers this is something we have to look into but a, uh, a midfielder he uh, wide man kind of type that could maybe be moulded into a forward in a Chris Wilder kind of system you never know you never know I'm sure Preston would love to spoil the party they've got players like Daniel Johnson who seem to love playing against Borough and just love to get a niggly tackling as well but they, Borough need to focus on playing their own game not to get swayed by the opponent not, not get carried away with what's happening they need to focus on what is even in a year that they played Manchester United, Tottenham and Chelsea, what is the biggest game to date yet? Right, so let's look at the game then. So, you expect to see Chris Wilder's lineup probably change because of Chris Wilder, you know. He expected to see a few changes in there, namely to the forward, because Chris Wilder loves to change his forward. You know what he's like. Oh, it, it, it feels like it's picking him out of the hat at the moment. Duncan Watmore seems to have cemented himself as one of the starting forwards now. I think it's his intensity up uh, in the press up front as well as his runs in behind. And for, uh, you know, I think the rise of Watmore has been absolutely fantastic from somebody who was brought in as a, obviously as a free uh for Neil Warnock and was used sparingly to make sure he was okay to now being the starting striker on a on a top top well, top seven <laughs> currently championship team uh, team vying for promotion uh, is is remarkable really so all credit in the world to Duncan Watmore great player great guy and just lovely story to see um, but uh, yeah Wilder's lineup uh, then for this Preston game. Uh, you'll you'll see Luke Daniels continue in goal, and Daniels uh, credit to Daniels, he's brought such a calmness and a sensibility to the uh, Borough lineup ever since taking over from Lumley. Uh, just seems that everybody seems to trust uh, Daniels now. There's there's such now, whenever the ball goes back to the goalkeeper before everybody was worried what what he was going to do with it or if he came out for the ball. That there was a moment against I believe it was Stoke where. Daniels came out for the ball and he just absolutely no nonsense put the ball over the east stand into the car park. Just have it, get out. As, have it, sorry, as Peter Kay would say, just get out. No messing around or whatever. Whereas I have no idea what Lumley would have tried to do with it. Um, everybody just seems to be trusting in him and there's, there's a, a calmness now with what everybody tries to do. So credit to Daniels and he's doing the main thing and stopping the shots as well, which Lumley stopped doing in the end. Uh, also, if Paddy McNair's fit, you'd expect him to return to the uh, the regular back three of Dyke Steele, Fry, and McNair. With uh, obviously with Borough needing the win, you'd expect that. Peltier did, did well, obviously, but uh, if we need goals, you expect Paddy McNair's passing and uh, set, uh, dead ball ability to be there. Uh, if we need to be more expansive, you could see Tav stay at left wing back, obviously, like he did against uh, like he did against Stoke. But uh, if if Preston use uh, Cameron Archer, or uh, maybe as more of a right-hand sided winger, he, he could struggle. Maybe if, if Archer comes in into attack, then he could could see a bit of a reshuffle with Bowler being brought on. But um, 
But in terms of going forward, the Borough Breakdown podcast pointed out that Alan Brown played at right wing back in the last game against, uh, sorry for Preston North End against Barnsley. So that definitely could be a bit that Tav was, would look to exploit, especially with McGree on that left-hand side. They linked up very well in the last game. So a little one-two with Tav and McGree, with McGree's uh, passing ability and the movement of Tav, that, that would definitely be a great little way for Borough to get in behind uh, the Preston back line. Uh, and if Tav's out wide, then you'd expect Crooks, Housen and McGree to be that midfieldery. Lovely little round there. And uh, you expect, you know, obviously, the uh, Borough's recently announced young player of the year, uh, Isaiah Jones, is going to be on that right-hand side. Hopefully he's uh, well-rested and able to go, because the past few games he's not he's not been at his electric best. Hopefully he can just leave out the, all, all there on the pitch and just torment whoever's the left wing back, whether that's Brad Potts or Daniel Johnson, whoever it is. Just get your head down and have a go at that wing back. Put the ball past him and then get some good balls into the box. Uh, but if by some miracle, like I said before, uh, does, uh, Wilder doesn't decide to change the strikers, I think he should actually um, play Watmore and Spirar together again because we've just won the game against, um, against Stoke. So why change a winning team? But having said that, the win, I don't know how much you can put down to the strikers because in the Borough's last six games, the six goals, sorry, the Borough's last six, six goals in the six games have been scored by two from Crooks, two from McGree, one from Tav and an own goal, which is kind of housings. Um, Borough strikers haven't scored since Peterborough. And that was what, Crooks, Watmore and Balogun in that game. And it's, and that, that is a really worrying start, especially going into the games like the playoffs, where you're gonna where you're gonna come up, come up against people like Sam Sturridge, Lewis Graben, Jordan Rhodes, who scored against us. Like these guys are gonna score goals in Billy Sharp if if they get in. These guys are gonna score goals in the playoffs. And we don't have strikers that can do that. I personally wouldn't have dropped Balogun after he played uh, in the midweek against Cardiff before the match against Stoke. The Stoke game, we were coming up against a 39-year-old Phil Jagielka. Balogun would have absolutely ran him rings around and ran him ragged. But we decided to play Andras Spora, who doesn't make him any runs and likes to play up the middle. But then Spora wasn't playing as a hold-up striker. There was a, there was a time when the ball could have been played up as a hold-up striker, but he suddenly made to look at moving behind and Jagielka just stood there and took the ball. It's it's very odd, the striking situation. No strikers under Wilder have really played long enough together to form partnerships. There's just something missing. There was there was almost a, a bit with Spurrier and Watmore earlier in the season before January where they were clicking as a partnership, but then he brings in Balogun and Watmore and uh, sorry Balogun and Connolly and nothing, just goes. So personally, just leave it as Spurrier and Watmore against Preston. Um, because mainly because when he took off Spurrier, we looked worse. Defensively, uh, in in terms of our shape, so don't change what looks good at the moment now. So let's just don't don't change a winning team apart from maybe bring McNair in because he, he's better than Peltier. So let's just leave it for now and hope for the best. But who knows with Chris Wilder? We could be seeing Josh Colburn and Aaron Connolly playing up front together. Or maybe even Steve Walker drafted in from the under-23s. But having said that, my predicted 11, then in full for the pressing game, is 
Uh, Luke Daniels in goal with Dyke Steele Fry and McNair, the back three. Full uh, wing backs of Isaiah Jones and Marcus Tavernier. Uh, Mike Crooks, Johnny House, and Ryan McGree. Central three with Duncan Watmore and Andras Borough at the front two. Score prediction. I hate to do this because I feel like I'm going to jinx it, but I said it for press, so for, for Peterborough, and we did well against Peterborough, so I'm going to go with 2 0 to the Borough. I'm going to go the scoreless first half, but then I'm going to go with Crooks to score in the 65th minute and Watmore to score again in the 81st minute to confirm Borough's place in the playoffs. That goal, I don't know how, I don't care how, but that goal, I don't care how it's done, but that goal will confirm Borough's place in the playoffs. I don't care who is in fifth place or sixth place or whatever. I don't care if we finish fifth or sixth, whatever. I just want us to be in the playoffs. If we make it, if it, can we make it into fifth? I suppose. I suppose if Luton draw, and then Sheffield United lose, we can make it in. But whatever. That's very very wishful thinking. One of them probably will win. Let's just hope we can get into the playoffs anyway. Put us in sixth. I don't care. And then, but the thing is, we say I'm I'm saying this all like, and that's the end of it. We then got to play Nottingham Forest in two legs, <laughs> so. Then we've got to worry about a Nottingham Forest, a Jed Spenceless Nottingham Forest. If we get there, I will say a Jed Spenceless Nottingham Forest, but a Nottingham Forest who are going to, well, could be finishing third, nonetheless. Or it could be Huddersfield. We never know. Anyway, I digress, guys. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this one. Um, if you have this, if you have enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a rating on Spotify. If you're there, there's a little, little should be a little star button. It should say five next week if everybody's get. Given if people are giving us a five star rating so far, they should have done. Did last time I checked. So if you just give us five stars on there, that would be great. It helps other people find this podcast. Also, if you are on Twitter uh, and you and you found us another way, uh, the, the the podcast will be put out there. Just give us a little retweet; it'd be great. The uh, Twitter handle is at Holgate Views. Also, if you're on Facebook, and you can search for us. The uh, just search for views for uh, views from the Holgate. You'll find us there. But that's everything for this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this one and I'll catch you all next time. See you later.